Presented here is a free teaser for this month's edition of the Top Rope Nation Classics Patreon bonus podcast. Every single month, we release a deep dive on a classic wrestling event as voted on by our supporters on Patreon. It's a true historical deep dive. The only place to hear these shows in full? Join the Patreon page for just $5 per month. The link is right here in the podcast description. Patreon is the best way to support the show. So click that link in the episode description and read all about it. It's patreon.com slash Nation and enjoy this special free preview. No, not you. What's up, Top Rope Nation? The 38th edition of Top Rope Nation Classics here for Patreon. Ryan Drosty, Kyle Ross, and making his return, long-awaited, to Top Rope Nation Classics, Mr. Justin Joint. Justin, welcome back, sir. Good to be here. I, I came real close to tapping out today. I had a little bit of food poisoning this morning, and it's kind of lingering a little bit, but... God damn, I to miss two straight classics, that would just be uh you just can't do that. Just can't do no. that. Well, we appreciate you coming through in the clutch. I see our chat is already active. We got Gabe Benson tuning in live as we record from the Denver airport. Justin, we're gonna be there in March. Oh yeah. On our way to New Orleans. So Gabe, enjoy oh. the show tonight. Yeah. Justin and I are going back to New Orleans. Kyle, did we even tell you that? No, first I've heard of it. Not in my format sheet, Tony. <laughs> I guess we should have extended you an invite, maybe. Oh, man, this is a little awkward. Uh, no, we're doing like a couples thing. So Justin's wife, myself, and and my wife. So should be a good time. Gabe, thanks for checking in live. Kyle, how you doing? Give me some weed, Gabe. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm doing all right, man. Great to be back. I'll tell you what, it feels like it's been a while since I've seen your guys' uh, two smiling faces, man. What? A couple of just beautiful men you are. <laughs> First time you've seen my new setup here in the yes. office I've been tinkering away at, trying to get last, you know, the, the show we did last time, Justin, it was all right, but I wasn't crazy about the lighting when I watched it back. I think I had it looking better this time. Yeah, it looks I'm still great, tinkering man. though. I bought some of those, like, I got some lights above me now, like the umbrella lights. Got some cheap ones on Amazon. They work, mm-hmm. work wonders though. So, let us know what you think of the setup if uh, if you're tuning into the video feed. But we are going to be talking about, as voted on by our patrons, Royal Rumble 94 tonight. And uh, I assume we all saw this one many moons ago. And personally, I found it really fun going back and watching this because I had some nostalgia for the show, of course. But then, you know, I was texting you guys and we were talking on Twitter and in the Facebook group. But Man, I know this was a show that was really panned at the time, and people have really panned it over the years. I found this a lot more enjoyable than most WWE pay-per-view offerings these days, Justin. Would you agree? Yeah, I I found it to be a pretty enjoyable two hours and 41 minutes. Uh, Yeah. And you're not going to hear me say that very often about, I mean, even a Monday Raw. (laughs) I know. (laughs) And I mean, the the headline in the Observer for this show and when Dave re- reviewed it, of course, a lot of things have happened since 1994. But at the time, he called it, Kyle, the sleaziest pay-per-view ever. Yeah, the Torch review wasn't too kind either. They were really uh, everybody from Wade to Dave to, you know, Mad and Mitchell. They were all very upset that the tie finish 
was an excuse for WWF to get you to call their 900 number to say, mm -hmm. you, you know, you vote and tell us who won. And yeah, it's kind of sleazy, but you know what? I mean, you know, time heals all wounds. You know, I know kind of how it panned out. I didn't fucking call the 900 number. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. and you know, I'm going to take it a step further than you guys and sort of um, how nostalgia, you're talking nostalgia runs deep and, talking about this show vis-a-vis -vis the modern product of course this show is better than any WWE pay-per-view in recent time those shows are no good we know that the the ones mm -hmm. in modern times but i'll tip my hand a little bit how i'm you know my, how my review is going to go in my commentary this first three months of early 94 like January through WrestleMania 10. I would say it is the one time period of early 90s WWF where I'd make no booking adjustment. Hmm. Wow. Now, would I have the Undertaker fucking levitate? No. Okay. <laughs> I probably wouldn't do that. But in terms of like big picture stuff, the main event scene, you know, it, I, I wouldn't really change a thing. There's, and it's funny how we evolve as wrestling fans. You know, you talk about, how we probably want, all watch us as kids, and we certainly did. And but where I'm at now, it's I very much look back at, at time periods in wrestling as well. What would I have? To, the most important thing to me is what would I have changed booking wise? And the answer in early 1994 WWF is not a thing. I I, I know doing a tie in the Rumble, as we'll get to, is a little problematic. But it all worked out in the end. And, you know, I didn't think, I don't think they could have done WrestleMania 10 any better than what they did. Yeah. And, and to that point, I think our enjoyment for Royal Rumble 94 is, is greatly tied to WrestleMania 10. If they mm -hmm. had kind of switched some things around, or if it had, you know, if we hadn't gotten like two all time classics, I don't think we'd be looking back quite as fondly on this Rumble. Yeah. Correct. And, and that kind of speaks to how. You know, I know there was an article written on uh, WrestleNomics a few months ago. I don't know if you remember this, either or if, either if you saw it. Uh, some people got a little surly because I think it called their podcast in question. But it it was basically, it called into question how we review wrestling. And, you know, the whole just reviewing every show segment by segment. Oh, is this guy stocked down or up this week? That's really not the way to review wrestling. You kind of have to take it in a broader three or six month time period to get a proper feel for it. Now, when we shit on the modern WWE, it's pretty bad in the moment. It's pretty bad over a six month period, generally speaking. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I mean, to bring this full circle back to what Ryan said about Meltzer's headline and, and some of the reviews of the torch, I can see where the reviewers at the time, 24 hours removed, are going to say, ah, this show is sleazy. You know, there were some cheap finishes, but if you look at it, as Justin so eloquently put it, you know, where it led and how it all played out. No complaints, man. No complaints at all. All right. So Providence, Rhode Island, the Providence Civic Center, as I said, Saturday, January 22nd, 1994. A legit sellout, 14,500 fans in attendance for the event. Uh, looking up the pay-per-view buy numbers, according to WrestleNomics and their latest estimates, this show did 146,000 buys 
It was a 0.90 North American buy rate. Uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't have a gate number on it. Dave didn't have that in the observer that week, but it was a legit sellout. Kyle, did your Google turn up anything on the, uh, yeah, Saturday do you know why this was what you know why this was done on Saturday? Because the Super Bowl was the next night. Oh, it was ah, the next night. There you go. Right. Yeah, that's why Super Bill that Cowboys Bills was played on January 30th, 1994. January 30th? Oh, so this this was eight days before that then. Oh, I thought you said it was the 29th. 22nd. Oh, okay. So oh, okay. So yeah, it wasn't. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I misheard you. I thought for sure he's you know what the 29th is the is the baby's birthday. That's it's on my brain. I apologize. Uh, there you go. I don't know why they did that, but I'm, as we've seen in recent years, far, far preferable. Now, we talked at the top of the show how at the time, the very negative reviews because of some of these angles, uh, the results of the observer poll amongst readers at the time, about 29% gave it a thumbs up, 63% a thumbs down, and 8% in the middle. I would definitely, you know, with uh, everything that's happened since then, as I said, I'd give the show a thumbs up right now. But uh, let, let's get into it and how it, it all goes down. Yeah. So yeah, the opening... money in the bank 2022 got like 98 percent thumbs up. I don't know how much I stock I put in the <laughs> Wrestling Observer newsletter polls. No, uh, different crowd for sure. Um, all right. So as the show opens, you get this very brief opening with yeah. uh, the wrestlers on sides of buildings. And it, oh, de- it definitely reminded me of Nitro, you guys. Yeah, yep, exactly, 100%. Yeah, very, very similar to the Nitro intro. It was very brief. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, very quick. Yeah, it was like very, 10 seconds or something. Like, like very un-WWF-like. I, I wonder if they almost like cut something out or something in, in the in the cock version. Well, you know, on the our 92 Rumble show, I was a little negative on how... Vince read off every single wrestler's name and you really liked it. I know other people our Facebook group really like it. Justin was kind of so-so with me. Like it was a little long, but this is too short. You gotta do a little more than this. So yeah, it was, it was very short. And then you get Vince solo at the announced position at first. And uh, then he's joined by the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase. And Vince exclaims, I didn't expect this as Ted walks out. Which was weird uh, because he was introducing him. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and Vince, Vince calls him the WWF's answer to John Madden. So there's your football reference. And DiBiase jokes that Madden's four-year, $30 million contract wasn't enough. And he should have held out for more. And Ted then says at the Royal Rumble, anything and everything goes, even welfare fraud. Actually, I added that. Oh, there we go. Uh, um, that's really, should be. I can't believe he was on that raw, given his legal status. Just now, mm. you, you think oh, they were I know. clear of him? Yeah. But um, for those um, wondering or keeping score at home, the reason DiBiase was brought in to do color uh, as a one-off on this pay-per-view, Bobby Heenan had just left. And Jerry Lawler was still uh, in legal limbo over that uh, rape charge. Jerry would uh, return at WrestleMania 10, of course. Okay. And and uh, save for one dig at Virgil in the Rumble, Ted DiBiase was not very good on the show. It was kind of awkward. Like Vince kept talking over him at different times too. It was not the uh, not the best combo. I would say he would DiBiase was better than Mr. Perfect at Survivor Series 95, but that's not really a compliment. Yes. No. You, you would think he had potential, but yeah, it didn't did not quite work out. Um now the first match on this show 
features Tatanka taking on Bam Bam Bigelow. And Vince right away talks about how uh, Ludwig Borga suffered an injury. So Bam Bam is a sub here. And that's legit. Borga hurt his ankle at, the, I believe, the show at MSG about a week earlier. And he never wrestled for the company again. Nope. He was out after that injury. So it was yeah, a pretty late. Okay. It, it was a late switch too. They announced it on Mania that morning. WWF Mania, hosted by oh, Todd man. Pettengill. What a show that was! And I used to watch that once in a while. Yeah, he yeah. he was the one who ended Tatanka's undefeated streak, right? He was. All right, and that's why they were I, presumably Tatanka was going to get his win back. Yeah. Um. Uh. From Borga. Um. That you know. <laughs> After the undefeated streak was over, uh, there was really no reason to care about old Tatanka. No. I feel. And and we talked about in, in the past that in 93, they were getting like creative just to like keep that streak going. And it was sort of dumb because like you could, they didn't want to give him a real push. You know, like he wins by DQ over Michaels in the IC title match at Mania. Yeah. It's a, it's a draw with Luger at King of the Ring. So the undefeated, it wasn't exactly Goldberg in 98. No, I also should have mentioned there was a dark match on this show. Of course, we didn't watch it. Uh, the Brooklyn Brawler defeated Jim Powers. That sounds like a real fantastic match. <laughs> Insert joke about the uh, Terry Garvin school of self-defense there. <laughs> <laughs> now, this one, about eight minutes long, eight minutes and 12 seconds. Uh, boys, what did you make of Bam Bam and Tatanka? Justin, your thoughts? Well, for starters, uh, Bam Bam has some all-time bad entrance music, where it's just basically bam, 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 With a light bam. little beat in the background. Yeah, yeah, almost emptiness. It took me about five minutes to figure out what was going on because something just felt really off watching this match, and you know, I just couldn't quite put my finger on it until I realized. Uh, Oh, Tatanka doesn't have his red hair anymore. And and Bam Bam with no facial hair looked, yeah. looked a little odd. And and maybe <laughs> uh, some people would point out that Luna's breasts were maybe not quite as big as they would eventually be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, his Kyle, main squeeze. Yes. Uh, okay, so we already talked about how it was supposed to be Borga, and you know Tatanka presumably was getting his win back from the undefeated streak being snapped. So that took Tatanka out of the Survivor Series 93, if you recall, and got The Undertaker uh, on the All-Americans team. That'll uh, come back uh, later in the program. But Tatanka and Bam Bam had feuded in the summer of 93, uh, if you recall. Um, it was actually like the last thing Sherry did before leaving the promotion. I think they were building towards a mixed tag at SummerSlam originally, Tatanka and Sherry against Bam Bam and Luna, but then Sherry left and they did a six-man tag. 